Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna. For each week, I do a deep dive into the trials and the host many tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. I'll be discussing dilemmas like, is murdering a murderer really a crime? Oh, Colby, it's all, it's all gone a bit, P-Tong. Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Before I get started, I just want to share a top tip to really enhance your home and away viewing, and that is no spoilers. So don't look at what's coming up on tomorrow's episode. Don't look online. Try not to read the episode descriptions. It's a total game changer. I promise you it is so worth it. Now, I must apologize for my drop in quality this week. I've decided to move to London. So I'm in the middle of a move there. I go next week. So it's really just a great time in the middle of a pandemic to be emigrating. So I do apologise for if there's a drop in quality. I'm currently sitting underneath two chairs and a duvet, feeling like a child again, but it's pretty fun. Anyway, okay, on. I'm dying to talk about this because on to the big story of the week. Colby, how tense was it? Good God. So Colby starts off the week being super calm, annoyingly so, and kind of doing that thing of fake it till you make it. Even though Angelo's looking for him, he meets Leah and Irene, the gossip gals, catches up with them. But it's only when Colby and Angelo, when they bump into each other and they have their chit chat and it gets really copy. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, we're both in the force. And I think that kind of catches Colby definitely off guard and all the chats about Chelsea, his ex-wife, come into play. And I think Colby starts to realise now that he's kind of downplayed it and his denial and avoidance over Angelo coming into town. He kind of knows now that Angelo means business and that he's a good cop and he's got an angle. So I think Colby's back starts to go up, um, especially when they start talking about Chelsea saying that the day Ross died was the day that their marriage ended. And I just don't know how Colby sleeps at night. I really don't. And in the whole year since, or 18 months since they murdered him, like he's just been able to carry on as normal. So I feel when he starts to stress dream, I'm like, okay, fine. Finally, we're starting to get some kind of a emotional reaction or like a guilt from Colby over what he did. Because he's very good at playing the older brother, righteous character. But then he just has murdered somebody. So anyway. And then when Colby gets brought in for the questioning, oh my God, how tense. So I kept thinking that Angelo would have an angle or would have something to like clip him on. But it seems as if, or maybe Angelo is just a very good detective, but he kind of opens up to Colby like cop to cop that they don't have much evidence really. And like, I think Colby does a great job putting them off the scent, saying like, oh, we're definitely looking for the wrong car. But then a clincher does come when Angelo presses Colby on his childhood and from what we've learned kind of when Colby came into the bay and now it's kind of being resurrected now is how much Ross used to beat up Colby when Colby was a kid and used to live with Bella and the mum and I don't think Colby saw Angelo digging up the hospital records and talking about that kind of abuse so it really throws it kind of really does a number on Colby and now the first time since the murder Colby's starting to show signs of quivering and guilt and I think I might be sent away and this podcast is mostly based on the question of is murdering a murderer really a crime 
I definitely think it isn't a crime. And what it pains me so much about this storyline is if they had just faked a self-defense scene and said he was going for me and we were fighting for the gun and it shot Ross, then we wouldn't have any of this. So which makes me think this is the storyline brought in to get rid of Colby. And I really hope that's not the case. I'd love if he gets away with it. I really would because... As we find out from Dean's statement, Dean did an unbelievable job. And he's able to even get questions out of him like, is there any forensics? No, because Dean was worried, as we talked about last week, of all the sleepwalking he did and he returned to the crime scene. They don't even know the time of death. They only have a three-month window. Dean's like, oh, there's such a long list. I have people who can prove me and Colby were looking for Ross after he disappeared. So, like, I'm Dean has every right to be really happy with the way it went and I'm delighted for him but I love how much anytime Angelo gets pressed on oh how's the investigation going or you've got nothing and Angelo's yeah 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 no don't worry we're early days early days first few days in the investigation and it's like nah you got nothing so at the moment it kind of looks like Colby's gonna get away with it and I think what might if if this snowballs what might happen is Colby will go down for not admitting it like that'll put him away for longer so it's the risks are so high Oi. and meanwhile when all of this questioning is going on Bella's in a complete tiz trying to distract herself with Ryder and Nick and you know when she gets really upset in the surf club and she's not even annoyed that Ryder beat her in pool and she's like I just need to go for a walk just a small note the way Nick is like oh come out with me and then Ryder's like yeah where are we going and they're like oh this is kind of a third wheel situation bro how rude and mean those guys are so exclusive. Like, he already feels like a third wheel. He doesn't need you saying it. Just say, we just need to be on our own. Don't say, you're a third wheel. God, poor writer. Where it starts to get really messy now is Willow does her interview. It, they don't even film it. And then, so now all eyes go on to Bella and her interview. So, Colby's able to push off Angelo and buy a bit of time. 72 hours to be exact. Amidst all this, Nick starts really cop on. I think it's his, like, I don't know... Mary Heritage he's just way more in tune than Clueless Old Rider who's like yeah yeah I'm sure it's fine saying like trying to figure out that family is like doing a Rubik's Cube blindfolded like Ryder has no clue so I'm glad Nick is far more in tune and despite Dean trying to put Nick off and telling her to like leave her alone and stuff I don't know weirdly makes him realise that he loves Bella so Colby was just so stupid pressing Bella and putting loads of pressure on her to do well in the interview and keep going over and over and and just really leaning on her too hard and telling her to get a grip and keep to the facts and your tears aren't going to help now it's just too much for her she he knows he should know that she's so fragile very foolish and I think when Dean and Willow make him see sense being like she's not the same girl that she was before therapy you can't expect her to lie and be like how she used to be you have to treat her differently it makes her apologise but I think her decision to run away was already made especially when she hears Colby saying that he's going down and can you please look after her I did it I have to wear it it was just I think she's such a runaway train it's insane and I don't blame her I know she doesn't want to her whole life will collapse around her if 
the three of them go down for murder or even just Kobe. But I, I hate that she can't see that her running away does even more damage. Very foolish. Really annoys me. But when she tells Nick, you just knew it was coming when she goes to his house. Like, I just needed to see you. And the music is like, it's like, you're going to tell him. Oh, yeah. No, you're going to tell him. You're going to tell him. Oh, ah, you told him. So Nick takes the news pretty well. I think he's just like your brother's the biggest hypocrite to ever exist. But he really gets on board so fast. And he understands that Bella just can't lose her family. But he really just was like, no questions asked. Okay, I love you now. Let's go. So they hit the road. Because I think... We all know Nick loves a good rash decision, so him deciding to go with Bella, shock. Teenage runaways and a frantic search ensues. So it doesn't take long for the Pradas and Willow, Dean and Colby to realise that they're all gone missing with the help of John. Thank you, John. Uh, he's such a little gossip pe- peering out his windows and checking in. And His obsession with Dean's car being at the Pradas was just a new level of detail. He's kind of like the new Colleen of the group. Just such a gossip fiend. But anyway, it, it, it paid off in the end because they got tons of information out of him. And the teaming up, oi, of the Paradas and Colby. So angsty. Colby had such crazy eyes. He was like, we need to find him. If I have to ride the Paradas, I don't care. So he's obviously in panic mode. And once they figure out that Tani's money's gone... And the travel agent, very good cop work. So how they find them is amazing. And they've gone to Mount Kurrawong, which I believe is in the Blue Mountains. And thank you, Mac, for the perspective she gives on everything. So we have to understand that that place is three times the size of New Zealand. And then the Kiwi boys are like, oh dear, how are we going to do this? Sidebar, so much for Mac's crush when, it, does an episode open, I think, where Tani's having a shower and... Mac is just staring at him and is like, good morning. He's like, it's not the morning time. <laughs> love it. So good, Mac. So that love triangle, I don't think is in any way dead. So this epic trip that they're gone to go and find them on, it's a really good idea that Colby doesn't go. That was some good thinking. But in the build up to that, we have a very clueless Ziggy being like, isn't that so bad that he was put in a shallow grave and da 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 and like, hey Dean, let's go on a surf comp. We need to put us first. And I hate the way she like convinces Dean to go on this surf comp. And there's plenty of times that Dean has got, wanted to go away with her and she, or she's had family problems going on she's like oh my god get out of my face Dean we're not going but now she's like oh you need to put us first she just drives me nuts sometimes Ziggy but um and I love how much of a good job she thinks she's doing with Bella or when Bella's telling Nick it's like I have to run away on my own it's the only answer and Ziggy kind of interrupts going don't you worry hon like they'll find the killer soon and then she thinks she's just done this great job you haven't a clue and she's just so gullible. Willow and Dean are both like, ah, don't worry, it's grand. She's like, yeah, no, you know, you're right. But it does explode when she starts to press Dean. And she's like, oh, if you're not going to tell me and, and think that I can't handle it, you can sleep on the couch. She is starting to suss something. But now she's got an even bigger thing in her hand. Oh, Amber. She couldn't figure out why Amber was so bloody concerned with Dean's whereabouts and what he was doing and should he go or not. And she was like weirdly concerned. And when Ziggy and Dean are fighting and she's like, I'm going to the Blue Mountains. And he's like, well, yeah, just drop it. And Amber is all concerned. So it's just, it was really weird. But then when Amber drops her bombshell that she has got a kid and she obviously doesn't want 
Dean going away with Colby because we all know what happened last time with her brother. So I just can't believe she has a son. I was like, oh, come on. Upon second watching the episode, I was, I bought it a bit better. But like, of course you have a kid. So this might bode well for Dean in the Ziggy books because it's quite a distracting, massive issue, which means it's kind of an easy out for Dean, no? So we'll just see how he takes that news. Uh, <laughs> just, of course you have a kid. I don't get Amber, because like, why would you not say it before? I don't know, there's just a lot. Why would she wait this long to tell him? Why she never tried to contact him? Like, it's a few years ago since they've seen each other, so the kid must be old. So, mm, it's just interesting. So, we haven't seen much of Bella and Nick since they got into that car. So I wonder, does this mean Home and Away goes on tour to the Blue Mountains? Because I've actually heard they're gorgeous. So fingers crossed. I'll always remember that episode where Brax followed Ricky to London and Bianca and Heath came. I just love Home and Away. On tour. And now just a quick one on my beloved John. He's really getting back to his old self and so much happier in a way since breaking up with Marilyn, I must say. Like he's giving everyone, he's annoying everyone, Bella and Ryder especially. I love the driving scene with Ryder where he's like, what are you waiting for Christmas? And like giving him driving tips and just annoying everyone. I also love like since his stroke, he's just been in a t-shirt and like he always just, you could still wear a shirt. Like it takes the same amount of effort to put one on. I don't understand why he's not wearing his usual shirts. I suppose they're still kind of have him in his, he hasn't fully recovered. He's not fully back to himself, but I do enjoy all his sportswear and his kind of skin colored t-shirts are like salmony pink but he is definitely getting back to his old self the stewards are really looking after him he's fighting with Alf all the bickering is just amazing so I'm and I'm just really enjoying him getting back to his grumpy old self and speaking of old selves Justin's really not feeling himself it was all this back pain he goes away to visit Ava and then says like oh I think I was getting stress headaches I felt a million dollars since I've been away and I'm like no please don't leave I know your sister's sister Tori is stressful and her life is very stressful but no please don't go but the forgetfulness is a bit worrying I really hope it's not like cancer or something and the memory and the way mixing up the orders and I love how Tori and Leah are like oh yeah you just have baby brain and it's like you're a doctor pay more attention to your brother like he's clearly in a bit of pain he's shown back pain he said he's had headaches I just don't know why you wouldn't be like checking up on him especially when he's your free babysitter Now, there was a big week for Jasmine. She, we kind of see the second half of her anniversary day and Tori and Irene are being so nice to her, which is lovely. Doing nice dinners, having chats on the beach. I just love how much Irene is involved in this because she's not breaking Tori or Jasmine's trust, but she's still bridging quite a gap between them. And she only really wants the best for them. So Irene saying to Jasmine, like, oh, you look, you need to be open and honest results in the family album. Was that necessary to hand over? I probably don't think so. Or is it a bit soon to be doing that? But anyway, like the radio silence was definitely deserved from Tori. And then when Tori opens up to Irene and Irene just gives great advice of like, look, Jasmine, time will heal. So that's definitely 
the better way when Maz has a root through a nose through the uh, the photo album like Marilyn you very intrusive but it does get Tori talking about it because Justin is away Tori saying look I know she's trying to be open and honest but it is a bit creepy it does get Tori like talking about it and then when the buggy swerves oh that was such an awful moment but I don't blame her like Tori's being so nice to you Jasmine and you just gave her a photo album that excluded the mother of the baby from the album and made it look as if it was your baby. Like, you have to allow people... That's the thing with the bay. There's no patience. You have to allow Tori just to digest that. Anyway, when Tori has her chat with Irene, saying, like, look, no hiding, it was horrible, but it took guts for her to give it to me. Uh, but then Irene's like, is she wasting her time? Like, so I think that fuses Tori and Jasmine back together and their heart-to-heart was lovely. So that's great. But where Jasmine really let herself down in is hassling Willow. Get off your bloody high horse. That annoyed me no end. Like, so you're trying to go easy on Jasmine. Look, she's going through a lot. But you're giving her such a hard time I'm like oh you just hung over and then not listening to what Willow's saying when Willow's like I have to cancel the classes I need to take some time off and then Willow just she's such a good straight talker absolutely love it when she's like when you left to go to the farm I had to pick up the pieces you didn't even reply to any of my texts and I just want to know if you were okay so it's like stop thinking about yourself and she's like don't try to turn this around on me and she's like well I'm going over to Colby because he knows the meaning of the word friend you're not being that to me at all oh, I just I was so angry at, at Jasmine and Irene does have a front row seat into the dynamic between Willow and Jasmine and her saying like oh well Willow's been supporting you all the way uh, when you left the gym, she, like she picked up the pieces, no problem. And then Jasmine has the nerve to go, well, I never asked her to. But, oh, that makes me so angry. It's like, well, she never asked for anything in return. Can you say the same? Absolutely not. You're a terrible, terrible friend. And still only thinking about yourself, even though you're on this road to recovery. Oh, she really wound me up this week, Jasmine. Oh, my God. And... So when she does, what's annoying me then when Jasmine's like, I took your support for granted and trying to apologise. And it's kind of like, oh, why haven't you forgiven me? And she kind of wants to get Willow to talk about the Colby Bella situation. And Willow's right to just be like, I hear, take a back seat. Or like, I can't talk about this with you. So the week does end, though, with the doing the movie night and stuff. And I think Willow will be good at compartmentalising things. But I'm just... How many times does Jasmine need to be put back in her box by Willow and get off your dang ha-horse? Not good. But anyway, I'm very glad Willow set her straight. Alright, well that about wraps it up for me this week. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. If you had time, I would love if you could subscribe, rate and or review the podcast, but no pressure. Who knows what is going to happen next week? Can Bella and Nick be found in the Blue Mountains? Will Kobe be able to fight off Angelo any longer? Or will he crack? Who the hell is Dean's son? And will Jasmine ever learn to be a proper friend? Who knows? G'day and I'll talk to you next week. Oh, 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 oh,